1: So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning. This show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. And welcome to another edition of Disaster Dark. Now, before we go any further, um, I wanted to issue a, a public apology to a friend of ours. Um, I was listening to the last episode of Universal After Dark, which uh, two of my co hosts uh, on the show tonight were on the episode. Uh, good episode, guys, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I did have to pick up on, on something, and um, good friend of the show. Well, good friend of craig at least lee mallaby and uh towards the end of the show there were some remarks made about him uh, and about him having a dark mark in in terms of harry potter uh, and where that dark mark may be um and and lee does get quite a bit of stick from this from this podcast and um you know I, lee i just want you to know that you know whenever we do that it's it's completely ingested it's because we like you if we didn't like you we, we wouldn't bother um but um, I believe it was actually Mr. Ripley who suggested it could be on his Woody Woodpecker. Did I? Uh, was I drunk on that episode as well? well of course you were. Probably. Universal Life Dark. Okay. So, Lee, <laughs> I just wanted to say on behalf of the After Dark Network, I apologise. Um, we, of course, know that there would be no dark mark on your Woody Woodpecker. Um, it would, in fact, just be a uh, reflection off your round, bald head. And with that, I want to go <laughs> introduce. The fellow co-host of the show tonight, Mister Christopher Ripley. Hello. And Miss Boston White Amanda.
0: Hi.
1: How the devil are we? It feels like we've not spoken for a while.
0: I know. Where have you been all my life? <laughs>
1: well, that's a question no woman has ever asked me. So that's, <laughs> that's very nice, and clearly you're mistaken uh, by that. But uh, yes, yeah, i done well. Um, we did. We were supposed to call the show. Uh, which should have gone out, l- well, early last week, but didn't happen. And then we had a guest who couldn't make this week's show, so we delayed recording, and we've done it tonight. And in fact, I don't know if anyone else is excited, but we are recording this on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, yeah. mere hours before kickoff, where uh, I believe the halftime entertainment this year is provided by uh, Lady Gaga, which I think yeah. is a great way of pronouncing her name, isn't it? Lady Gaga. Gaga.
0: That's so fancy.
1: Sigga Gaga. <laughs> um of course the american horror stories connection there as well for universal after the dark listeners so it's always always on a tangent but um that should be interesting i just watched actually prince uh watched prince's halftime performance again which is probably one of the better super halftime performances that's generally pretty good but i mean that's got to be up there as one of the best you, like, you can't beat mj um, you, you know what, I haven't seen the MJ one for a long time, but that was the one that I think is when it really kicked off big time. Do you know, do you know, yeah. when, do you know when it re- really first kicked off though? The first no. time it kind of, because it was always um, college uh, or high school bands, marching bands, before mm. halftime. And the first time it started to, to really change was actually, I think it was 90, maybe 91, uh, but New Kids on the Block. Wow. Who remembers them? Not many, I imagine. But, uh, yeah, so nuke' on the Block, we've got to thank for that for that thing. But, yeah, it, it was Michael Jackson's uh, 93 performance that really kicked it off into the kind of uh, stratosphere. I don't think they get paid for that either. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, like, the, I, th- I think they pay the production costs for it. So, um, you know, with, with Prince, he had, like, his big light-up stage and uh you know he had all lights and fireworks and stuff like that. i think they i think they cough up for that but i don't think you get a performance fee because the way that they look at it is that the Super Bowls broadcast in america alone to over 100 million people do you mean to tell me that janet jackson got a boob out for nothing <laughs> well less than nothing didn't she because she got sued and lost <laughs> she lost money <laughs> yeah, she probably lost money actually but don't worry because uh, Greatest Hits uh, sold five additional copies so it all worked out well for in the end um, and in fact so um, because we're recording this um, on Super Bowl Sunday uh, we don't know yet who's won Plainly going to be the the, uh, the New England Patriots because uh, that's my team um, and, and generally they, they do you know well but um Yes, we don't know. So what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to have to do some post-production. So what I'll do now, it's going to be like a time walk thing, like we did at Christmas. So, um, Great idea. what we're going to do, on behalf of the podcast, we want to congratulate the winners of Super Bowl 2016, which is, of course, the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. Played really well uh, and fully deserved it in what was uh, a now-bounding oh. game. And, uh, you know, Shocking. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And commiserations to losers, who are of course the the Atlanta Falcons. You know, um, you know, and they played okay, but uh, they was played good rugby with pads on. Good rugby with pads on. Um, which uh, ironic, as in the Five Nations just kick off, or well, Six Nations now, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I think that kicks off this weekend.
0: I can't handle all the sport talk. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Oh. <sighs> Yeah, We've
2: neither well, do we really. We're both no. nerds. him. Yeah, flu.
1: yeah. I, I do actually. I do. I, I can actually watch a game of American football and know what's going on. The problem is, I don't have six hours of my life dedicated to watching one game of anything. What? The, the problem is, I would watch it, but it's on a stupid o'clock for us, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, and what I, what my normal yearly thing to do is to watch up until the halftime show performance and then go to bed um, and then try and avoid the results and then watch the game at some point the next day. But, um, yeah. I, I wonder I what don't Gary's know. doing. What's Gary doing? What is Gary doing? Gary, if you're listening, message me, Gary.
2: I want to know what you're doing, whether you're staying up, you've got a party going on. If you've got a party going on, why haven't you invited us? I'm
0: going yeah. to tweet him now and ask him
2: tweet him we need to find out what is gary doing because this surely this is like the run-up to his you know this is his
1: world cup okay this is what i'm cup, gonna is say
0: it? gary what are you doing what's it called
1: the super bowl
0: for super bowl Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> right now just after dark morning now
1: and he will treat Disaster the Dark like. Cook. Wait, did you say kids. this is
0: his Christmas?
1: Well, is, this is his. Um, this is his moment. This is his perfect moment with you? Um, to talk to you about Is Martin football. McCutcheon his his moment? That's right. Because
0: Christmas.
1: American American listeners, um, she was the uh, the cleaner in Love Actually who got off with uh, the prime minister played by Hugh Grant that's the <laughs> only thing you'll know her from so that will save you at Google if you want to know who Martin McCutcheon is um, I, I think Gary will if, if you've just tweeted out um, Disaster Dark want to know I reckon Gary might give it the Atkinson Stanley treatment of Disaster Dark <laughs> <laughs> who are they exactly um, anyway I think we've talked about enough about the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and of course the, the winners of Super Bowl 2016 which of course are the New England Patriots I don't know why I keep doing that, because that's just more post production work for me, but anyway, that'll be fun. Um, so, thank you for, for joining us, and um, yeah, it's been it's been a, a bit of a, a slow news week, um, which, you know, that's not why we were dragging the show out at the beginning, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and it is uh, a very important part of the American calendar, up there with uh, Groundhog Day and Martin Luther King uh, Day as well, so something that you know, I feel that we should, should have talked about, but... Um, I suppose there's a few things that we should actually discuss on here, um, and I think Chris, we're going to kick off with you because um, there's a little rumor. Little thing you heard? Oh yeah. Little thing you heard? So we thought we'd kick off with that.
2: But there, there is a juicy rumor doing the rounds at the moment. Um, just to give some context to the rumor, um, the Edison, which is this um, nighttime steampunk come. Uh, restaurant that's been built as we speak um it's currently being plonked right on the opening to what was the old pleasure island um so it's sort of just over opposite from um planet hollywood which has just opened mm-hmm. as well um now this restaurant i think they've already got one in new york am i right i don't know, what's it called the Ed- anyone know the edison the Edison, after um, the famous inventor
1: Edison. Yes, yeah. Um, I, I've never heard yeah. of it. I've never heard of it. You've never heard of it? No, and in fact... Well, I this isn't a rumour bit. This is the fact bit. Yeah. Sorry? No, carry on. All right, okay. So
2: this this is being built as we speak. And now where it gets interesting is that this restaurant should have opened by now. In fact, it was meant to open for the October, September time Last year, but they're still building it. So, there's been a lot of rumours as to why it's taken so long to build. Mm. And then also, the other part, uh, two parts of this rumour that adds to it. The first part is, why is there so much construction work being done below the Edison? Mm. Which is interesting. But the third part of the rumour goes back to a document that was leaked, um In 2013, now this leaked document said that Disney Springs would be completely overhauled and that the Edison, Morimoto, the boathouse would all be coming to Disney Springs, which on the document is absolutely true. At the time, none of us had a clue what was going to come, what wasn't going to come. But the document also said that there was going to be this kind of secret underground bar come lounge that was going to occupy territory near the old um, Adventurer's Club.
1: Right, okay, yeah, I know where that is, yeah.
2: Yeah, so the name of this thing that was on the leaked document was called the Neverland Tunnels, and that the Neverland Tunnels would occupy existing utilidors that were built for Pleasure Island, and that they would take you down to uh, a bar that would be called Waltz Bar. So but Disney right. have never confirmed nor denied any of
1: this. Right, so just so most people listening will know what you're talking about when you say Utilidors, but for those that yep. don't, because I didn't know this. Sorry, sorry, what I meant is I know what they are. What I didn't know was that they had them there. So can you just explain I didn't um, for our listeners what they are?
2: Well, the Utilidors, in terms of the Magic Kingdom, are technically the ground floor level. the theme park everything that we see like the main street and fancy land adventures land etc etc is technically all on the first floor or second floor if you're an american um so all of these tunnels run underneath the theme park and it's used for moving you know rubbish around merchandise you know costume changes break rooms etc etc but there were utilidors underneath pleasure island
1: and i get them because i mean the thing is so, so the most obvious thing Uh, I think you can say for Utilidors is you never see in the Magic Kingdom, you never see somebody um, working an attraction in um, Adventureland for example in that costume, walking into Fantasyland or walking into Main Street because the way they get around, as you just mentioned, is fire the underground Utilidors yeah. So, And that makes sense, but Pleasure Island doesn't really have those things, nor does it need that secrecy. So it's interesting that they use the same technology.
2: It's probably only done, I would imagine, just because it wasn't very big. Um, and if you've got a lot of people, um, you know, at the time, a lot of party dwelling people drink alcohol, it Do probably would now? be better to,
1: Amanda, have you to, to, this to run really?
2: all the beer and everything. Sorry.
0: Have, I, have I what?
1: Have you heard this rumour?
0: About these utilidors?
1: No, about people having fun partying and drinking alcohol. Um,
0: No, never heard of that.
1: No, You're, neither <laughs> you nor your eye. Bo- right. Sorry, carry on. No. I never touch the stuff.
2: But have you heard this rumour, though, Amanda, about this bar that's supposedly coming to Disney Springs? No. Oh, I seem to have stumped everybody.
0: I know. <laughs>
1: That's quite
2: magnificent, it is quite a magnificent one. A lot of people were speculating online that it might be similar to uh, the Waltz Restaurant that's in Disneyland Paris. Okay. That I think all of us here have, have seen or been to. Mm. Um, I think it would probably that would be a bit too twee, a bit too boring for for like a nighttime venue. I think they need to up their game a bit because if you're going to access this. Well, supposedly, the way that you would access this is you would have to walk underneath the bridge that takes you over from the west side. Um, and then you, you get a lift or something down to this bar. So they, they need to do something, I think, quite interesting, like a speakeasy or something that ties it into the Edison theme a little bit.
1: Yeah, That's I, so I, weird. I've, got, I've got to be honest, uh, I don't trust anyone that, that does anything under bridges after listening to that Red Hot Chili Peppers song. <laughs> apparently about taking heroin who knew um it's i mean i agree in that waltz Disneyland Paris's waltz would make a terrible um concept mm. for that part because it's very um well it's quite turn of the century isn't it i suppose it wouldn't go amiss in California Adventure
2: yeah it wouldn't that's true
1: that. um but for Magic Kingdom, and and like you say, for what you'd, you'd probably want it for, yeah, I think um, I think that sounds a little bit too um, too old fashioned, mm. really. But uh, yeah, like a speakeasy would be good. Don't
2: well, whatever time. it is, the Edison is supposed to be opening this summer. So, with the way construction's going, they're obviously being built together. These two things, so mm. you would assume that they will both open in the summer.
1: That is, that is good stuff well
0: well but disney so what are saying that. then, Chris is that we're going to have a party at a secret disney yes party. Yes. yes
1: well uh, um on that on that theme um one thing that i saw I, I don't know if you saw me i shared it on the facebook page i think but um the, the there's a um disney themed pub crawl happening now, yes, huh? um, you know, obviously I, I hoped it was inspired by this show, um, but it's taking part in Glasgow, so I'm guessing it's not. Um, oh, But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, I'm not going. I'm not going. I've actually reached out to them to, to ask if they'd be uh, interested in coming on to, to talk about it. It's happening in March at some time. Um, I think it's a it's run by a student group who normally organise uh, these kind of events, these kind of pub call events for, uh, you know, student like university campuses that kind of thing but um yeah this has got a disney theme so um yeah i just thought it's quite funny that you're talking about uh the edison uh and and boozy fa- party fun nights and uh, and that's going on in the background as well so well,
2: well this is the thing you know I, they, they've taken away all of the nightclubs that were at the pleasure island yeah. um and they've obviously made disney springs into this whole new mm. concept altogether but i think there still is a place for of nighttime entertainment because you know adults are going to have their fun as well. Mm.
1: Yeah, there's definitely there is a few there is a few restaurants called the Edison. One in Florida, actually, in Tallahassee. Um, yeah,
2: I think the LA. one that. Yeah, I think the one. Yeah, it's either in LA or New York. Um, it's probably LA. Now you said it. There um, there.
1: See, it, it's it's
2: sort of steampunk sort of design that's what they're going with see the thing
1: is though you know the Edison could just be a code name as well do you know what I mean it may it not be good the, the same um, I'm just looking at have a look in there yeah I suppose it's a bit steampunky actually it's one in LA hmm
2: didn't Edison invent the video camera
1: No, that was Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Really? No, Edison Edison was way before that. Thomas Edison, he was way before the video camera. I think he was before the camera. God's sake. um, Who invented the camera? uh, Colin Kodak. I just made that up. I don't Um... know. (laughs) 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 it would have been been good if Colin Kodak did. Colin's spelled with a K, obviously. Who
0: did invent the camera?
1: I don't know. This isn't... Coming ask it. Ask Gary.
0: Siri, who invented get, the camera? Get,
1: ask Gary.
2: <laughs>
1: ask that for me. Okay, I now. found this.
0: Louis... Um, I can't pronounce his last name. Daguerre or something There It like was that. Thomas Edison. It says George Eastman Thomas Smith Edison and invented
1: Louis the motion picture camera. Well, I take it all back. <laughs> the, um, according to TripAdvisor, um, the Edison... Five Stars, one of the most sexiest bars in LA. Not my Ooh. words, the words of uh, somebody via mobile. Uh, oh, sorry, P03 Zamora, the third of the P Zamoras. That's that's always reassuring. Um, that's that's interesting. But yeah, one, I mean the thing is, the, the Edison could just be a code name. Maybe you read it all wrong. Maybe the cover is, oh, there's this restaurant called The Edison, and that's what's coming to Disney Springs, but maybe that's a cover for this project. Think about the Florida project. Well, it is slightly ironic. Well, it is slightly ironic because
2: Edison, who invented the video, the film camera, um, everybody moved to Hollywood to escape the pattern because he had the pattern for the, this side of the Mississippi. Wow. So Walt was one of those people that eventually went to L.A. to make his name. So it all interconnects,
1: doesn't it? Mm. That's that's uh, that's that's interesting stuff. Yeah, I do love I do love uh, ironic things. You know, like when you got ten thousand spoons. I
0: really thought that you were going to sing the song then.
1: No, no. If Craig was here, he'd sing the song. <laughs> Craig would sing the song, um, and that's why he's banned for this episode <laughs> to stop that happening. So, speak of, speaking of which, Mawav um, just saw a picture of uh, Craig's injury that happened to oh. my iPad as she walked past and, and the look of shock and horror on her face. <laughs> He's ghastly. It's vile. He's ghastly. We won't put it in the show notes. Craig might. But we definitely won't. <laughs> so, well, I, I've the, the news that I wanted to talk about this week, also, funny enough, is about Disney Springs. Oh. Because after many rumors, lots of rumblings, and false promises, Disney Quest is closing. Oh,
0: I'm never gonna believe them. <laughs> like I'm not gonna believe it until I get to Disney Springs and it's actually closed. Oh. Because I feel like they say that every six months.
1: Uh, I believe the new date is July. Uh, that is closing, and then the new story set that it uh, is going to be replaced uh, by the NBA experience. Yeah. Now, see, when I, when I saw it, when I saw this story the other day, I clicked on it expecting to see um, that the, the article was dated like three years before or something like
2: that. <laughs> yeah. like
1: you say, it, it keeps being said and then pushed back, but the latest is the 3rd of July, Um what a way to celebrate independence day <laughs> that's the independence as <laughs> the closing of disney disney yeah. quest um, but yeah so so that's that's what they're saying um, now
2: why does disney want universal sloppy seconds
1: <laughs> it's not even that is it Cause yeah i, I mean we nobody well, went in there well this is the thing like from what i understand um i don't I don't think it's going to be a restaurant. I don't think it's going to be a restaurant. Well, I'm, I'm that's not, let's not say there isn't going to be in there because I mean, Disney quest had uh cheesecake factory, didn't it? Yeah, I think um, I've, I've not been in there for a long time, but um, yeah, I remember that being in there. So I think it's supposed to be more like, uh, hang on, let's, let's see. So this, I mean, now the other thing as well, this is on the Disney parks blog. So that's normally pretty official when they stick something on there. Um, let's let's have a look. Uh, but didn't they
2: can't. say we were going to get hyper on Wolf, and then that never happened? That was on that blog.
1: That is true. Yeah, but we still ended up with Disney Springs. Okay. All right. so, I know what you're saying, but <laughs> as, as we've previously shared, all right, show-offs, Thomas Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as previously shared, the NBA experience of Walt Disney World will be a one-of-a-kind, it's clearly not, because it was universal, basketball-themed experience featuring hands-on activities that put guests of all ages right in the middle of NBA game action. There will be immersive NBA video productions and numerous interactive experiences, as well as a restaurant and a retail store. So, that sounds like it's going to be... Because, I mean, from, I, I don't think we're in there, but... What I remember of NBA, what was it called, NBA City Walk? No, NBA, was it just called NBA City? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And um, so I remember the basketball courts outside the restaurant. First mistake, if you ask me, because they should have been in the restaurant to draw you in. Um, But it was just a restaurant, wasn't it? With like a, a gift shop. With like
0: games outside in like the lobby bit.
1: Right.
2: I never went in there.
0: I never went into the restaurant bit, really. But, like, they had, like, a little tiny basketball hoopy thing in, there in the lobby bit that, like, I couldn't ever reach an actual basketball net. So that was the only glory that I had.
1: Well, I think, isn't it, isn't it uh, 10 foot, 9 foot? I it's, don't know. Is the height of, a, of uh, an NBA-regulated hoop? Is that far off the ground? It's something like oh, that. It's, it's big speak. Um but uh yeah I mean to be honest I mean I thought the NBA was on a bit of a downward spiral popularity well,
2: yeah. still is I think
1: yeah so it's a bit odd it's a bit like um like if W see when people they talked about the WWE Hall of Fame WWF for old listeners of course not the World Wildlife Fund. The wrestling, which actually annoyed me the other week. I tried to get accosted by somebody in my local shopping center, uh, trying to raise you know, trying to get you to sign for charities. And she stopped me and I said, Oh, what charity are you? And she said, The world, uh, so she said, WWF. And I was like, The pandas or the wrestlers? And she said, Pandas. <laughs> I said, See you later. Uh, I'll never forgive for that. Um, but they, yeah, <laughs> so, um. They were talking for a long time. There've been lots of rumors that um, they were going to open a physical Hall of Fame. So, for those that don't uh, watch wrestling or WrestleMania, which is of course a Super Bowl of wrestling, um, every year they have a Hall of Fame ceremony where they induct um, up to about ten wrestlers a year um, to to go into. And, this hall and of one fame. president. And and now one president. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's Trump, not Bush. Um, and and so we were talking about physical location, and because they have um, their training um, kind of feeder school based in Florida at Full Sail University, um, there's been lots of talk about uh, it coming to Orlando, and it was actually um, NBA City was one of the places they earmarked. Uh, it was going to be one. Of the, they were looking at a lo- they were looking at that location at Universal, and they were looking at one somewhere on I Drive, but I'm not sure if it was north or south I Drive. Um, but as yet nothing's been been done but a lot of people when you talk about wrestling they go oh downward spiral you know not as popular as it was and it's not but they still shift an enormous amount of tickets per year um but the NBA at one point was like I think the second biggest sport in America after football but it's definitely mm. see the, I, I heard
2: that well I heard Orlando Magic they rent their stadium out to concerts and they make more money doing that than the actual basketball
1: really that's
2: interesting (laughs) and if it's true
1: because they yeah um, because funny enough they also do um, they also have WWF events there as well Mm. they host WWF Raw sometimes uh, at that venue I can't remember what it's called is it the Amway yeah Amway Centre yeah in downtown yeah so um, yeah I, I still think it's an odd I think it's an odd fit and I mean, from what I've seen of, of of Disney Springs, would it not be a little bit uh, cheap, like a bit tacky? To mm. so that part of the world, that part of, you know, Disney Springs seems to be a little bit posh, but that doesn't really. Am I, you know, or, or am, am I wrong? You know, is it? Am I? Am I looking at it wrong? Yeah, actually,
2: it's the West Side. I mean, the theme up the West Side is a little bit all over the place. It's a bit Vegas up that end, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they've still got. Um, well, Guy Fieri's Planet Hollywood just opened, didn't it? Mm. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not his Planet Hollywood, but it's his menu, isn't it? But um, yeah, I know that's that's just opened up. Right. Anyone but, seen any reviews of that?
2: Uh, I've only seen negative reviews really well, not not bad reviews but not mm. like ones where people are just like really is this it kind of reviews I that the
0: milkshakes are pretty good but small mm.
2: that was the complaint that i was reading online
1: see i think i don't know if he's if he's done the whole menu but whenever i've read reviews of his restaurants he's got he's got quite a few restaurants hasn't he yeah across, across uh, america and they've always been pretty crap <laughs>
0: Oh, no.
1: I (laughs) I think it's just unlike, um, because Wolfgang Puck is a celebrity chef, isn't he?
0: Yeah.
1: In that that kind of vein. Um, Is that still there, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, And, you know, and and like Gordon Ramsay's the same, and he's got a few restaurants. But they tend to be quite well-reviewed. But his don't. I think it's just the name value that sells it. I don't know who he is. He hosts a show, and this this is another thing because this didn't make any sense to me like being British, right? His show is called Diners, I get that part. Drive-ins, get that part, and dives,
0: <laughs>
1: right? Now, to me, a dive is somewhere you wouldn't go.
0: Yeah, and also, do drive-ins still exist?
1: Well, McDonald's do drive-throughs, don't they?
0: No, but not a drive-through, a drive-in.
1: Ah, but if you and, and this will be this will be appropriate to you, Amanda. If you went to McDonald's and you wanted a veggie burger, yeah. How long would you wait for a veggie burger?
0: Probably about half an hour.
1: There you go. So what do you do? You go to the drive-in. And they go, through. can you just
0: park up and bay three for us, love? And
1: what, and what do they do?
0: Make me park.
1: And after half an hour,
0: and then they bring it
1: to me. There you go. That's, a, that, that's, that's a drive-in. not a real
0: driving. in doesn't
1: matter. It's a driving.
0: Sky Fieri or Lions, me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but a, a dive, so what, what the term is there, so a dive is a dive bar, which, again, doesn't sound very appealing, but a dive bar is, is kind of what we'd, I suppose, kind of what we'd refer to as a, a gastropub, in that it's a, a bar that does food.
2: So it's not a dive, then, like in the English It's not a dive vernacular. in English,
1: Exactly. So, Which
2: we would call a flea written pit that no one should go to.
1: Exactly. Which, funny enough, is one of the TripAdvisor reviews for one of Guy Fieri's restaurants. Uh, <laughs> may, may or may not be true. <laughs> but Probably is. The thing is, so he does that show, and I th- over in the UK, I think it's on the Food Network. Mm, and yep. they also show Man vs. Food. Now, I saw Man vs. Food first, so I've always liked Guy um, Adam Richmond. Yeah, I like Adam. A lot of people saw that first, so like Guy Fieri, and I don't like him, I don't think he's as as nice a host. He puts on the charm a little bit, don't get me wrong, but it seems more false. He's like their version of Anthony Morrill Thompson. (laughs) He's stealing bottles of wine out of Tesco's. Yeah. That may or may not be (laughs) factually right, allegedly. Allegedly, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. We're getting good at our (laughs) legal disclaimers (laughs) on this programme now. We we have to now. Um... (laughs) But um yeah, so so the thing is I think it's it's name value. And I mean Planet Hollywood over the years has had a you know, has, has run into quite a few uh troubles. Uh, did you know they, they had a Marvel restaurant as well, Planet Hollywood? Did they? I don't think they actually opened it. I think it might have actually been at Universal that it was gonna be opened. But um there was gonna be a restaurant called Marvel Mania.
2: Oh.
1: And there was also uh Planet Cool. It was going to be, and Planet Cool was going to be like an ice cream um, kind of venue. So just going to specialise in in ice cream, like a a gelato bar or something. Um, But yeah, I mean, Planet Hollywood back in the 90s had well over 100 locations, and I think there's about 12 now.
2: Are they owned by the same bloke that owns the Earl of Sandwich?
1: They they were. Oh, they were? I don't know if they still are. Oh, okay. But But at some point, yes, yes, they definitely were. They're doing a um,
2: gelato challenge at the Disney Springs one where they bring out 12 scoops of different flavored gelato. Or well, For American listeners, gelato. And um, you have to guess what all 12 flavours are. And the rumour is if you can guess all 12, then you get your whole bill for free.
1: Let's do it. <laughs> it sound-
0: challenge accepted.
1: Sound- yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> It sounds good, but what you know the thing is, right? And Amanda, please don't take offence to being a vegetarian, right? But okay. it's a little bit like a few years ago, Walkers crisps, which in America is Lay's, same company, um, did a, a range of unique flavours, and uh, there was about six different bags of crisps, and um, they they told you what they were, and you could vote for your favourite flavour, and which everyone got the most votes so is going to be turned into a permanent. Uh, you know, run of, of of crisps afterwards. And one of them was, like, Cajun squirrel. What? It, was, it was squirrel It was squirrel of some kind. I'm not talking that long ago. I'm talking 2010, maybe, around that kind of time. It's not that long ago. Uh, but one of them was a squirrel-flavoured crisp. And I'm sure it was Cajun squirrel. I'm not entirely sure. It was, definitely, it was squirrel something, right? But my argument with that is how the hell can you turn around and say, oh, yeah, that tastes like squirrel? Because most people won't know what squirrel tastes like. I don't know what squirrel tastes like. Were the crisps nice? Yes. Did they taste the <laughs> squirrel? No idea. So my problem with that kind of challenge is what if you've got a flavour like that and it tastes, I don't know, a bit chocolatey or something, and they turn around and say it's, it's something else?
2: So not only have you got to be an expert in varieties of vermin that you can eat you've also got to pick your spices out to make sure the spices are exactly cajun and not southern fried or some other
1: this is what i mean (laughs) so uh i'm up for the challenge but i just feel that there's there's a chance that it might be a a few a few kinks allegedly um, Mm. in in proceedings so uh yeah but yeah i mean who doesn't love ice cream we'll we'll be
2: a bit stuffed if one of the flavors is pulled pork or something that's that's for sure (laughs)
1: Not to, no, because I, I, I only Amanda can't eat it. That's what I mean. If we're doing it, <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. If he looks, if he looks brown and smells meaty, we a mannequin. try it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah easily, easily done, easily done. Who doesn't like meaty flavor ice cream? Hey, Diz after dark listeners, I want to invite you all to join us over on Scare Zone Halloween Horror Nights podcast. Scare Zone is a news, interview, history, and commentary podcast all about. Universal's premier Halloween event. It's hosted by fans and experts like me, Logan Seculo, former WWE superstar Scotty Too Hotty, and Diz After Dark's own Chris Ripley. Subscribe however you get podcasts and head over to ScareZone.com for more information. We here at the show are proud supporters of Diz After Dark. And remember, keep your eyes closed and your ears open on ScareZone. Speaking of meaty flavor ice cream, uh, Amanda. I don't know what I say. the was. <laughs> I
0: know what
1: <laughs> someone actually um, was. There was there anything you wanted to uh, to pick up? And I think there was a few things that you saw. Yep,
0: yeah, I've got a few little pieces in years. Um, so the musical lineup for Epcot Flower and Garden Festival has been announced, Ooh. and there's a weird one, right? That I mean, usually when Epcot have bands on, it's bands that aren't too relevant anymore so they're plays? kind of older music maybe from like the 70s 80s 90s blah 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 but our friend hunter tweeted out the other day that simple plan of playing which is weird because they are still pretty relevant
1: i've heard a simple plan why have i had a simple plan
0: they were, like, pretty big in, like, the pop punky kind of thing in the 2000s, like, early 2000s. Um, but they still got quite a lot of fans, so it surprised me that they're going to play.
1: Yeah, but then, that, you know, that's the thing with Plain White Tees. That's, that sounds like a similar kind of thing, or Smash
0: Bros. Well, I mean, they were quite a lot bigger than Plain White teas were, but also Plain White teas are coming back for Flower and Garden Festival. So they must have done good at Food and Wine. But the, all the musical acts are going to take place on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday this year. So usually it's just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're doing jebus. Sundays. So we've got John Sicarda. I don't know who that is.
1: <gasps> you don't? Yeah, you do. Oh, no, I don't. Okay. Pick me a song. His biggest hit is uh, Just Another Day. Right, I don't know, I And it's legitimately in my top 20 songs of all time. Dang it. Like, if you want to YouTube it in the background, that's fine.
0: Right, um, I'm going
1: so to. We're, we're one for one so far because I know who John Cicada is.
0: Okay, Dennis DeYoung.
1: Dennis DeYoung. That name rings a bell. I think he may have been like the front man for somebody.
0: Um, well, it says Dennis DeYoung, the music of sticks.
1: Oh, well, there you go, then.
0: Then Styx. we've got the Pointer Sisters.
1: The Pointer Sisters. Uh, Did they do. They uh...
0: sing I'm So Excited.
1: That's it, yes, 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 yes. I couldn't Right, right I found
0: weird. John Cicada.
1: Only fifteen seconds before we get charged with, please, By the way.
0: No, I've never heard it.
1: You've never heard it. Oh, never. Heard beautiful that. song. You can listen to the whole lot after. it's fine.
0: Okay. Yeah. Then we've got Simple Plan. I'm playing White Tears. Then we've got Night Ranger. Nope. Little River Band.
1: The, I've heard of Little River Band. What they what do they sing? Let's have a look.
0: Reminiscent. Is what they sing apparently. Is their biggest hit?
1: They were on sh- a Australian rock band, so oh I've only read Lewis on this week. I know that was
0: the
1: straight oh, with his Australian music. Yeah.
0: Then we've got Blood, Sweat and Tears.
1: No, never heard of them actually.
0: Gin Blossoms?
1: How did Gin Blossoms yep? Yeah. They were big in the not big, but they were popular in the late mid to late nineties, I think.
0: Hmm. Nope, never heard of them. Um, the orchestra.
1: Well, they they I mean, they're very popular. I mean, you see him when you go and see uh, a musical.
0: Quite often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we've got expose.
1: Expose, I've heard of them. I have. Are they not. like a disco band.
0: I have no idea.
1: Let's have a look. Expose group, American freestyle vocal group. Uh, seasons Change oh, Actually, I don't think I do recognise them
0: Nope, I've never heard of them mm. Um, Berlin
1: Well, you know who Berlin are
0: I know who Berlin are Yeah They're like one of three so far that I know Um, <laughs> Starship are coming back <sighs> Starship seem to be at every single musical thing that Epcot ever do They just love it
1: They do love Starship, yeah
0: I know um, the Gas Hill.
1: Okay. They sing
0: American Woman.
1: That was their biggest hit, yeah. I'd argue... Herman's
0: Herbits? Herman's Herman Herbits?
1: Yep, yeah. so they were... Um, I, I think Herman's Herbits were Something Tells Me I'm Into Something Good. I
0: have no idea.
1: They, I mean, they Herb- were a... Um, they were like um, a... A band in the um, 60s.
0: Well, it says here their biggest hit is I'm Henry VIII, I am. And I've defo never heard of them.
1: I'm Henry uh, no, I am.
0: Nope, never heard of it. Then we've got The Spinners. The Spinners are going to be the last band to play.
1: The Spinners. Are they, it was I'm Into Something Good was their, their, their biggest hit. Hmm. So
0: well, I'm
1: tell me he... I'm in something good.
0: I think there's more that I know there than what there usually is at Food and Wine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, I mean, I wouldn't go especially to see any of them, but if I was in Epcot and one of them were playing, I'd probably go and see Simple mm-hmm. Panel playing White Tears again, because playing White Tears are pretty good at um, Food and Wine last year.
1: Mm. Well, you heard how good uh, John Cicada is. Um, I think the thing is, it's a, I always find the lineups a bit odd because the problem with food and wine, or the problem with uh, flower, was it flower and what?
0: Flower and garden.
1: Flower and garden. The problem with these these festivals, yeah, they are festivals. The problem with these things is that the staging is is relatively small. Yes. The areas they have, the acts, is also very small. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So the thing is, you can't really get big name acts there because that is true. you know you, you you couldn't get like a, a Justin Bieber there or um, Nicki Minaj or an Aerosmith or, or someone like that because they're artists that, that fill massive massive venues. So you're kind of catching people that are either on the comeback trail or on the downward spiral. <laughs> really?
0: Yeah. And that's, Pretty much.
1: and that's not that's not uh you know, it's not to say they're not good or anything like that, but just like the popularity isn't there anymore. So, um it's interesting. I think when I think when we were there, I think I saw Peter Nesmith, maybe. It was one of the monkeys. Hmm. Um it might have been Davy Jones actually. I know it wasn't Dolan's. But anyway, so, you know, and, and it was and it was good, it was nice, but like you say, I don't think there's anyone that I'd necessarily go just for that.
0: But no.
1: Some of those acts, I mean, they, they, a lot of them are very nostalgic, you know. Yeah,
0: and I think that's kind of what Epcot bank on.
1: Yeah, so it's that Is thing. Is people are going
0: to go for the nostalgia, and yeah. but then they they quite regularly have Hanson, and Hanson still have a very big following.
1: They, yes that's that is very true I mean they're not I mean they do and they don't I mean they they still play regularly but I mean they don't play massive venues I don't think
0: no, but I think they they do have like the kind of like um for our English listeners like busted so busted will come back and they'll do a tour and all the people that liked them back in the early 2000s will always go and see them even if they don't like any of the new stuff they'll go and see them for nostalgic reasons and i think hansen's very much like that you know and what? then they have their own beer as well at the american pavilion
1: yes i've heard that is it um hop yeah very good by the way yeah very good, listen Hanson smart smart marketing there um, i'm gonna i'm gonna admit to something it's not often i admit to something on this show but um every now and again i like to um embarrass myself publicly um and, and, and say something that i'll later regret um ab- ab- about myself that you should not probably shouldn't admit publicly but um that's but,
0: my oh,
1: favorite really. time <laughs> my, mine's normally uh cause time, but I'm out of cause at the moment. Well, actually, I'm not. I just kind of bother to walk outside and get a bottle. Um, but um, on that on that thing about nostalgia and, and seeing bands on the comeback, where if you like the new music and everything like that, I love Steps. So, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not. I don't. I'm. Um, you know, that's not really my kind of music at all. Really, and my music, my musical taste is very varied. You know. Like I love Prince, I love Bowie, I love a uh, lot. I like a lot of older stuff actually, so like Kinks, Beatles, Jam, um, that kind of kind of rock and rocky music. Um, when I was growing up, it was all about Britpop pop for me, so Blur, Oasis. Um, I like bands like Nirvana as well, um, Green Day, early Green Day, and stuff like that. So it's it's not in my normal musical lexicon but I have a soft spot for, like, them and S Club 7 as well. What? I, I would definitely go and see Steps live. Would you? I, I was very pleased to see that they're on the Comeback Trail again. I didn't see them the last... I've never seen them live, and I didn't see him on the Comeback Trail last time. Uh, but I believe that there is a new album in the offering.
0: Oh, God.
1: Um, and more dates. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tempted. The problem is I've got no one to go with. No one is that sad. That yeah, I'm
0: not me. going to
1: see Steps with you. Yeah. Yeah, no one will, which is, you know, so it's like I'm going to have to go by myself. But uh, yes, yeah, so there you go. So there you go, Lee. You know, at the beginning of the show, I had a little joke at your expense. Now you've got one at mine. Right, so it's it's time to talk about the other sponsor we have uh, for the Arthur Podcast Network. And gents, if you were thinking, as you, you have done previously and you will do again, if you were thinking about uh, booking a trip... To you know, one of the parks that we've talked about. Who would you think of of asking, or, or at least approaching? Well, there's only Wendy. one name. One name that springs to mind only. Wendy. So Wendy's so famous, she's only got one name, like Madonna or Cher. Well, it's not actually true. She has she has two because she's got a surname as well, which is Pratter. So of course, Wendy Pratter at Magical, Magical Journey journeys. Travels. It's so, we're so well prepared with this. It's like we've been practising all day, finishing off each other's... Sentences. Sandwiches. sandwiches. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. This is totally unorganised. But, we may be unorganised, but Wendy is not. Oh, smooth. You see? that's I what love she, how did that. That's what she's there for. I'm um, a big fan of your work. Oh, well, we're a big fan of Wendy's work. Which is, which is the point, more than that. Um, you know, whether you've been to Disney one or a hundred times, there's still lots of planning involved, and I think we can all attest to that. Yep. And the brokers yep. are good as well. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Um, and, of course, now with Magic Bands, everything else is even more complex. I mean, geez, the last time I went, it was much easier than it is nowadays. So, you know, Wendy... Can be the person to take away that pain of getting a reservation for be our guest. Where friend of the show, that Florida guy just tried tried the grey stuff. Yeah, hasn't reported back yet as to what it tasted like. Um, and you know, you could try and get a fast pass for anyone and Elsa. Now, if us mere uh, muggles or, or mortals uh, tried to get a fast pass for be our guest or Anna and Elsa meet and greets how successful do you think we would be well, i've already failed. I didn't get i didn't get an idea for be our guest say so i wish I'd, i wish i'd gone to wendy for that one wendy not just the home of good burgers but the mm-hmm. home of good travel planning so yeah. visit wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or you can contact her on Twitter, at WP Magic Journeys. And of course, if you mention that you heard one of our amazing podcasts, uh, and that's how you got to uh, to hear of Wendy, uh, she'll give you $25 off your deposit for any trip package. And uh, our own Mr Ripley at the moment has been on a, one of the Disney cruises, and uh, she's able to offer generous on credits for Disney Cruise Lines as well. Something to bear in mind. So, if you are thinking of, uh, of you know, making a trip, before you go anywhere else, go and find Wendy Pratt at Magical Journeys Travels, WPMagicJourneys.com dot com. Mhm. Because
0: if you don't, you'll feel like a prat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have that, that for free. <laughs> Amanda, was there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about tonight?
0: Yeah. So there's a rumor that we could potentially maybe see Rivers of Light actually come this month.
1: I mean, is that the same rumour mill that tells us that Disney Quest is closing?
0: Well, I don't believe anything anymore.
1: (laughs) I don't know what to believe. So, Rivers of Light, I'm pretty sure we talked about when you first joined us about a year ago.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) it it was supposed to start in like April April or May of last year mm. and then it just didn't happen and then it's kind of turned into a running joke within like the, the theme park community now and so nobody's really making a big deal of it and I don't think that they will make a big deal of it anyway if it comes out I think it they'll just, just kind happen. of it'll just happen and they're be like oh well yeah it's a thing now but They were doing the the cast member previews of it in December. Okay. And now it's apparently um, there is going to be all the staff have been told that they could be scheduled to work in that theatre from a certain day of um, February. They don't know why, but it's pointing towards Rivers of Light going ahead this month. Well, I'm not holding my
1: breath. am I right in thinking... Because you know what? It's so long since i talked about it. I've actually forgotten what it is. But isn't it supposed to be like a nighttime water pageant type thing? Yeah. hmm so, Yeah, so, I mean... I don't... Is there much benefit of doing it now? Should they just not hold off for Avatar?
0: I mean, the smart thing would we'll probably do to hold off until Avatar... But maybe they want to start it early to get it up and running so that the they've got it down to a T by the time Avatar comes along to kind of crowd yeah. control.
1: Yeah, no, that's 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 reasonable. Did you um speaking of Avatar, did you see the um the supposed image taken from inside the main attraction?
0: Yeah, of what the, the ride
1: apparently looks like. What the ride vehicle. You, what do you think of that picture? Um,
0: I can't see that being actually what you're going to be on
1: no i can't either
0: because if you haven't seen the picture it's like a i don't even know how to describe but you basically be like straddled on a thing
1: i think you know what i think the only way i could possibly describe it is imagine your beloved et attraction yeah now how many bikes go up at once
0: um like 12
1: yeah so imagine that, so imagine you're on ET, you sit on one of the 12 bikes, and as you sit on the 12th bike, or the, or the one bike, whichever way you want to look at it, the other 11 get removed, and then you go off. That's the only way I can possibly describe it, because it looks like it's a single uh, creature that you sit on, which might take more than one yeah. person, but it doesn't look... It, it well, it, it certainly was not what I was expecting and if it's a, if you no. think about it being a game changer then I, I think if anything it's a step back in time
0: yeah I mean like how how I could maybe describe it is like when you are sat on a horse on a carousel and so you kind of straddle around it and you know you have the the ones that you have for kids where like maybe a kid and a parent can sit on it
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of like that I've got it Whoa. But quite big.
1: A bucking Bronco for more than one person.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, surely that would never work. I just don't see that working. I don't think that it's real.
1: No. No. So that's a, I'm taking it with a pinch of salt. Now, if it was like, the only thing that I could understand it possibly being is, you know, like in some attractions, you've got like a demo. Oh, and what? So that's, that's probably the right expression. But what I mean is like, when you go on Harry Potter's Food and the Journey. For example, they've got the seat that you can sit on outside,
0: mm-hmm. so you
1: can make sure that you um, are, are size appropriate for the attraction. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what it's for, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, it could be that there's something like that in the ride queue to show you um, what you will need to sit on. So you can see if it's comfortable. I don't know, but you know what I mean, that that image by itself, excuse me, doesn't look like what I think the attraction can be.
0: No. It it surprised it, me and I one hundred percent felt like it just wasn't like no.
1: No. Yeah. yeah, just 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 odd. Um but speaking of Avatar, did you see the Avatar news this week?
0: Um what was it?
1: So in the week that they've pretty much announced that, um, and made me very sad, that 3D TVs are going to be no more, effectively, everyone's stopping making 3D TVs, um, mm-hmm. that um, James Cameron has finished uh, the script for Avatar 5. All right. Now, I know what you're thinking. Do No, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking... <laughs> I was thinking, you were thinking, uh, five, but we haven't had two yet. You're quite correct. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, two, three, four, and five have been written. With the idea they start filming them, and I think back to back this year. So, apparently, they're actually going to start filming Avatar 2 in August of this year. Right. For release, uh, Christmas 2018. Hmm. now that's that's the belief at the moment now what will be interesting is that episode eight comes out this christmas the last jedi sorry we've got a title now the last jedi last jedi comes out this christmas if the pattern carries on it means that christmas 2018 will be when han solo should be released that's right. the movie they're doing at the moment but, it'll be interesting to see if they move it because of Avatar.
0: Hmm.
1: Because they will be, you know, obviously Fox will be expecting Avatar to be a massive success. Like the first one was.
0: Do you think it will be?
1: I, I'm not entirely sure.
0: Yeah, that's I've kind of how this,
1: I feel. I've mulled this over so much since they first announced Avatar World or Avatar Land or the world of Pandora, whatever they're calling it, the Pandora uh, uh, Animal Kingdom. Because by the time they announced it, I think they announced it in 2012. Mm -hmm. I think it was just before they bought Lucasfilm. So they announced it. And by that time, Avatar was coming up to being three years old. Yeah. It had become the biggest film of all time. But there was nothing else to keep that momentum up. Now, yeah. Can you imagine if Star Wars got released in 1977? Don't, by the way, you don't have to like think about it too much because that actually did happen. But <laughs> if they made Star Wars and then George Lucas said, Right, I'm going to make Star Wars 2. And then eight years afterwards, nine years afterwards, he released The Empire Strikes Back. I don't think the enthusiasm would be there like i don't think it would have been as successful as it was exactly because... and
0: i kind of feel like avatar was so successful because we hadn't really seen things like that before
1: yeah and i mean the reason because i mean i um i remember reading sci-fi magazine so when i was a kid i used to be really really geeky uh I'm geeky now, but not like I used to be. I was literally just going to (laughs) say, are you not still? (laughs) (laughs) Not to the same level. I used to buy this magazine called SFX. I'm not even sure if it's still published anymore in the UK. But I remember reading James Cameron was going to make this film called Avatar back in about 1995, 96. That's how far back he was. He was actually publicly talking about it. Um, And he basically said, I've got this idea for this film. Um, and I'm waiting for technology to catch up before I can make it. That was his thing. So he had the idea for Avatar for all that time. And then, you know, obviously advances happened and, you know, new cameras and new techniques and all this kind of stuff. And eventually he felt that he could make the film that he wanted to make. That was also George Lucas's kind of argument with the Star Wars prequels. The re- reason why there was such a big gap between Return of the Jedi and The Phantom Menace was because he was waiting for advances in technology. Which actually don't make sense if you think about it, because surely, if they're prequels, they should look older than the first films? So why are you waiting for those advances? And that's another reason why they don't work so well, in my opinion. But anyway, so Avatar was always about the technology. And you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I'd seen um, seen Chicken Little in 3D, and I saw the Polar Express at IMAX 3D. But there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of 3D films. Yeah. And an avatar come out. And because of the uh, special effects, and because of how they tried to make the film, the 3D was pretty much like nothing I'd seen before in a film. It was a bit yeah. like, I suppose, when you saw like Captain aerial or something for the first time, which now looks very dated. But when you saw it for the first time, you was like, well, that's impressive. But it was like a two-hour, two and a half-hour version of that, yeah. And it was immersive. But the the ne- the time I tried to watch Avatar in two D on telly, I was like, it just dances with Smurfs, isn't it? Like well, it's it's wolves like yeah. and Smurfs essentially.
0: So I I went to go and see Avatar when it came out in the cinema, and I went to go and see it in three D, and I really did like it, and I thought it was a brilliant film. But if someone was to say to me now, Hey John, I just watch Avatar on a telly. I'd be like, no, you're all right. Yeah. And like that... I'm not interested in rewatching it. No. And I'm I... definitely not interested in rewatching it. Not in 3D.
1: Yeah. No, I've I bought it in 3D. I bought that in Titanic as like a special two pack because Titanic in... in 3D. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. They so when when 3D TVs first came out, so after Avatar and the whole 3D revolution kind of kicked off again around 2010 um a lot of the studios thought there's money to be made here so they remastered and re-released some of their classic films so uh they read titanic they released that uh for i think for like a week or two at cinemas it was only like limited engagement but just as a way to like boost its numbers again so they released that and uh jurassic park the first jurassic park got a 3d re-release now without trying to go too geeky on this people's problem with 3D especially crappy 3D films of which there are quite a few is that um, 3D films are done two ways you either film it with a 3D camera or you convert it in post-production into a 3D feature which is generally how that's how 3D animated films are done and a lot of films will film in 2D and then will, uh, in post-production convert it to 3D and if it's not done well it looks terrible and cheap and doesn't add anything to the experience and that was certainly what was happening a lot with films at the birth of so you got which was really good and Alice in Wonderland it was quite good but then you had things like Clash of the Titans and The Last Airbender uh, and they were crap really terrible 3D like the 3D didn't work properly and you know you basically paying a premium to see a a film much darker with no added advantage so it, it kind of flopped but They were. They then took these old films, and if they spent time doing them, they spent enough time and money doing the conversions. They actually work really well. If you see the 3D uh, version of Jurassic Park or Titanic, you wouldn't believe they hadn't been filmed in 3D initially. Mm. Really, really impressive stuff. Um, And so, quite often, actually, a post-converted film can look better than a film filmed in 3D because they make it. They work the shots out better so uh yeah so it's it's actually really good Jurassic Park in 3D is brilliant honestly amazing stuff so I bought I bought both of those um to watch on on TV and I haven't watched Avatar again yet but I bought it knowing that that's the only way I'm going to watch it again because watching it in 2D and I I I last about half an hour I think it was on Teddy once it's a long film anyway yeah at least when you're watching it in 3D it just it, it adds something to the film. It makes it look better than it is. It distracts you from the crappy story. So I think unless James Cameron has really, and I mean right, he's done, he's written now five films. That's his thing, or like four, four additional films. So, so
0: what's what's he gonna do, right? If two absolutely flops, and he's written three, four, and five.
1: I have got no idea. Because, I mean, this is what happened with, um, is it uh, Insurgent? Is that the film series? I don't know. So, you know, like, you know, obviously Harry Potter was a big success and Twilight was a big success. So then they were like, right, what teenage books can we turn into films? So we got yeah. The Hunger Games, which was very successful initially and kind of died off a little bit. Um, and then there was like a few others, like Percy Jackson was one of them, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but they, like, these, they were just trying to find the next Harry Potter and they didn't work. And there was one, I, I think it was called Insurgent. Uh, and the first one was called Insurgent and the second one was called Divergent or something. I don't know. Kate Winslet was in them as like, the villain, I think. And it was um, Shelley-Anne Woodley. Is that her name?
0: No idea. Yeah.
1: Uh, she's a young actress. Anyway, so they filmed the first two or three of those and... Uh, it might have been the first two I can't remember but basically when they announced the next one because the last one had really dropped off financially and what it earned at the box office they were like oh yeah um, the next one we're going to just turn into a TV series hmm. and the stars are like um, well that's not what our contract says so if you want to do the third one without us that's fine if you want to do like a TV version of it that's, that's fine but you won't have us in it so hmm. it'll be interesting because it'll be whatever he's worked out with Fox because they're funding it so Mm -hmm. if if Fox have turned around and said look we'll pay you 800 million or a billion dollars to make these five films then it's probably not too much skin off their nose because at at the end of the day even if like so the first Avatar still the biggest film of all time I think it took about two and a half billion there or thereabouts as long as it makes back its its budget, they'll be all right. And I think globally, they were successful enough, you know, it was obviously that successful, that even if it did, it, I still reckon that Avatar 2 will do half the business of Avatar 1. Yeah. At a minimum. It could turn yeah. so, out to be really good, and everyone loves it, and and in great. Um, but I do worry that the time it's taken them, how much of these new Avatar films is going to be in Pandora? Exactly. Animal Kingdom I'm talking about, not the film. I mean,
0: I will go and see number two purely just because of Animal Kingdom. Mm. If it wasn't coming to Animal Kingdom as a land, I don't think I'd bother. Yeah. But I'll go just for that reason. And i'm really excited about pandora
1: yeah it's um it's, it's interesting because i mean ever since so uh we've just turned five doing this doing after dark and since it was first announced we had no interest you know we wasted about how like it was a silly decision and um you know it's gonna flop mainly because of the reason we just said really um but it's just not going to be successful and um the more you see of what they're doing, it, it's going to look stunning. It's going to yeah, look great. Oh, really and
0: I feel like it's what Animal Kingdom needs because Animal Kingdom is a half-day park. Yeah. And it it does need something that can be really immersive and can take quite a lot of your time off. In the park, so that's why I'm the most excited about it. And they could have done really anything that was going to be really immersive, and I would have been down for it. Mm. I am really, really excited about it.
1: I mean, the animatronics look amazing. Yeah. Like, for example, and the landscaping, and you know these supposedly like, interactive plants and stuff, um, like you see in the film. I mean, the thing is, what what they wanted it to be was the wisdom World. They want it to be Disney's version of the Wizarding World in that you walked into this world they'd created and you would feel that you were on Pandora. That was how it's positioned. positioned yeah. when it first and
0: started. And I, I really hope that's going to be. But I kind of feel
1: like it's not going to be well, everyone, as, I don't, I don't, as a myth as Harry Potter. The, the, no, I don't know, because the, the thing is, everything I've seen so far suggests that it should be. Everything right, well...
0: Last week on Universal After Dark we were talking about our top three things to do Mm. and one of mine was that I feel like people should spend an entire day doing Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade and I could do that and I feel like you need that to to be able to see everything and I really really hope that Pandora is going to be like that but I feel like Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley are so immersive and it is exactly like being in the films.
1: I think the problem is, with those areas, is that we had seven films. Yeah. Now, just because we're going to get five films, potentially, hopefully overall, we're building up to that. Whilst by the time that the Wizarding World opened, uh, you know, just when Hogsmeade opened, I'm talking about, we'd had, I think, five Harry Potter films yeah. by that point. So yeah. So, therefore you know, we had five films worth of material of what we had in our heads of of what things were like. We've got two and a half hours of the same Mm -hmm. so far. So by that point, we had about 10, 10 10, 11, 12 hours worth of Harry Potter by the time Hogsmeade opened. We've We've had two and a half hours of Pandora. So the thing is, there's only, I think you're right in a way, but... Hopefully, they're designing it with those additional films in mind. That, that's the thing. I hope that's what they've done, but I don't know if that's what they've done. Mm. So, if they have, maybe it will be. But, you know, needless to say, they're throwing a lot of money that way. And, you know, I hope that it does do what they expect it to do. I hope it is as immersive. I don't, th- I, the problem is, I don't think you can compare the two. You know, no. Tom made a shed load of money, but you can't compare it to Harry Potter. One, they're completely different franchises, completely different audiences. But also, one had the books, one had the films. This has just been a film. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. It's it's, it's interesting, and I will still, you know, say to like my dying day of this podcast that had they knew that Lucasfilm was on the table. Three months prior to that deal being struck, that deal would have been off the table.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And I, th- but at the same time, it probably would have been Universal's third game. Yeah, I think someone would have taken it. I do think someone would have taken it.
0: Yeah, I feel like Animal Kingdom's such a hard park, though, mm. because what what else could you put in Animal Kingdom?
1: Well, unfortunately, now this is what. Jim Hill alluded to a few episodes back um, Zootopia
0: I don't think that would work though
1: you could get some decent attractions out of it
0: I feel like they'd have to go down the route of doing a kind of Epcot type of thing with the World Showcase like doing an attraction for each kind of place
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see what you're saying.
0: I feel like they'd have to go down that route because I mean there's only so much animal y type of things that they could do. Like Expedition Everest nothing to do with animals and it's probably the main attraction of the park.
1: Hmm. Well, oh so like, yeti.
0: Well <laughs> Yeah. But I feel like that's the kind of route that they'd have to go down if they weren't gonna do Pandora.
1: Hashtag disco yeti he had disco yeti i love him so chris you've been very quiet do you want to add anything to the <laughs> conversation no okay fine so it's chris <laughs> cut. we cut him off who's boring us we
0: kicked him
1: out. <laughs> no if anyone does wonder um chris had to, to jump off the record early that's all i'm sure you must know by now what the hell's happened and it's not that we I haven't let <laughs> him talk. We've just not been here to talk. So, yeah. Um, was there anything else? Or was that is that kind of the news? There's
0: one more thing. And it is that Disney have introduced a new Ultimate Disney Classics VIP tour. So, we, we mentioned a little bit in... Um, I think it was on Universal After Dark again. That our friend Logan had done the vip tour at um magic kingdom yes and it was um i think chris said that when he priced up it was it was very very expensive
1: was it something like uh, i only listened to. I it the think other it was day. like four
0: thousand pound or something like yeah. that it
1: was, yeah it was it, it was, was a lot because i think it was wasn't it by it by the hour i think I so by the hour so that, and that's how much it would be for the full day yeah well grand yeah
0: well, it's very, very expensive very compared to the Universal one. Mm. But they've introduced a new one now, which is $199, so it's comparable in price to the Universal one. But this one is... it's You can't do any of the rides that have a height requirement, basically.
1: So that's definitely the
0: other so, Well, it's things <laughs> like... Like, you can't do Space Mountain, you can't do Big Thunder Mountain, you can't do Seven Dwarfs Mine Train... It's literally things like The Little Mermaid, Peter Pan, It's a Small World.
1: If it's got a mountain in it, in the title, you can't yeah. want it effectively. Basically,
0: yeah. no go if it's got a mountain in it.
1: So, do you reckon that's because of listening to, Disney listened to Universal After Dark and thought, you know what, we've got to pull our fingers out here. Do you think it's down to us that this is happening? They
0: must have. It yeah. must have been all us. Yeah. And they must have thought, hey, they're into this Universal VIP tour. Let's get them on Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's I think that's reasonable. So so how long is that tour for?
0: So it's for four hours. Okay. So it's not a very long tour, but... I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't think that, that would be worth it. It says that you can experience up to ten things. So, I mean, maybe if you were going for your first time and you had very small kids and you wanted to make sure that you got everything done you can do up to 10 different attractions
1: <coughs> sorry so there's, there's still a um, there's still actually a, a limit to what you can do yeah
0: yeah but I mean if you're doing things like Haunted Mansion Pirates Jungle Cruise things like you I mean you'd probably be hard pushed to do more than 10 yeah anyway with the height requirement thing but i feel like it's just kind of a paid express pass Mm. that's the feeling that i'm getting from it like you want to do all these things with your like small children for the day we can make sure that you get the majority of things done that you want to do you can meet mickey mouse as well so that's included in it so you can go to town square you can meet mickey Mm. But if you're in a family of like four, it's two hundred dollars a person.
1: Yeah, and, and there's no backstage for that, is there? No. no. So, I mean, that, you know, when I when I hear tour, I suppose the thing is like to me when I when I hear a tour in a theme park, I'm I'm expecting like a behind the scenes thing.
0: Yeah.
1: So exactly. you know, if it was if it was that plus, uh, you know, the ability to kind of uh, you know get fast tracks onto rides. Uh, or you know, because I mean, uh, I think you're saying as well, Chris was saying as well that that was actually only to get into the fast pass queue. It wasn't even getting you to the front of the of the line. Yeah. So which is kind of crazy. So um, yeah, if it was if it was a backstage tour and that, I could kind of go, okay, fair enough. But mm, it doesn't sound. Mm, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd be rushing to do that. Not for not for two hundred dollars a pop.
0: No. Mm. Because if you're if you're smart enough with your fast passes, you'd be able to get it done anyway.
1: True, true. Now that's that is a good point. Um, well, I think that's that's quite a lot actually. I thought for, for an episode where we had nothing to talk about, I think we've done all right. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to to say thank you. We've had our first uh, patron. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not sure if they're a patron or Patreon because that's the website, but whatever. We've had our first backers, so I um, just wanted to give out a uh, shout out to Stephen Lynn. So thank you very much for your support of this uh, podcast and the rest of the After Dark podcast as well. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm on the verge of um, getting the uh, the gifts prepared. So if you go and visit our uh, website on Patreon, um, it's patreon.com forward slash After Dark, um, there's tiers there, and if you sponsor us for a certain amount, you do get uh, a gift as well. Um, if you don't know listen that, you just get a thank you. But um, yeah, so uh, I'm working on those, and, and they will be dispatched uh, as and when they are ready. So thank you for that, and look forward to that in the post. Um, right, I, th- I think that's it. The only thing I wanted to do was do a quick plug for um, Pop After Dark, which, after a long hiatus, is coming back possibly this week. Uh, depending on Craig's commitments, um, and I went to see Lego Batman today because mm. they did a they did an early release, uh, early preview of Lego Batman movie. So I will be discussing that on Pop After Dark mainly because it doesn't have anything to do with Disney. So um, yeah, if you're interested to hear my thoughts on uh, Lego Batman, then this and there, uh, and if you want a quick highlight what i can tell you is that uh, the film has had absolutely rave reviews um and i'm not raving so if you're interested in what that means uh, look out for the new episode of pop after dark uh, amanda is there anything you wanted to plug
0: um no but if you feel like it you can go to my youtube channel and watch my videos from my last trip and then obviously i'm going to get in may so i'll have more from May.
1: Now, somebody actually the other day asked uh, for new, for, uh, for recommendations of, of new vloggers that they weren't aware of. And I couldn't find your YouTube. I found it eventually. So if people want to find your YouTube channel, what do they it have to It
0: is youtube.com slash Boston There you
1: go. Nice and simple. So yes, yes, I did find it eventually. But I thought, uh, yeah, if you want to just name it, then it's even easier for people to find. So, uh, Amanda, thank you. Uh, for joining me uh, Chris thank you for joining me you're welcome and, uh, <laughs> just, just like you're still in uh, <laughs> we will see you uh, for another Diz After Dark soon uh, in the meantime check out Universal After Dark if you haven't already uh, and Pop After Dark and uh, we'll see you on the flip side
0: bye <laughs>
1: Is part of the After Dark podcast. Hello, dear listener. It's Nick of the After Dark podcast network. We hope you're enjoying this podcast, and we'll get back to it very, very soon. Um, I just want to take a few minutes to let you know that we have a website at the moment that's at www.patreon.com forward slash disafterdark now what that is is a website where you are able to support this podcast universal after dark and pop after dark and um, i've been hosting disafterdark now for coming up to five years and uh, pretty much enjoyed every minute but Unfortunately, as well as giving up our time to record these podcasts, um, they're not free to host, um, and you know it, all of this stuff does cost money. If you are willing or able to uh, make a donation to help support our podcast, it would be very much appreciated. If you visit patreon.com forward slash um, and we've got a few tiers there of, uh, of things that you can donate to, and there are some rewards available depending on the level of donation. Um, anything you are able to donate will really be appreciated. Um, this isn't a way for us to get rich and give up our, our day jobs because that's not going to happen. Um, this is purely about making sure that we can continue to make these podcasts going forward. So thank you for your time. I um, hope you've enjoyed this podcast and all our others. And if you can support us, it'll be great. Once again, that website is patreon.com forward slash disasterdark. Thank you.